We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic. Once a normal, voluptuously beautiful woman, she drove into a nightmare of horror and saw descending from the sky. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. I feel retrogasmic. 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 With Dini Deluxe and Hattie LeBomb. Welcome to the Retrogasmic Podcast. I'm Dee Dee Deluxe. And I'm Hattie LeBomb. So first off, we'd just like to say uh, thanks to everybody that supported the uh, launch of the podcast last week. The uh, the love you've all shown on social media. Yeah, we've is, had some really great yeah. feedback. Thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Um, as of today, we're up on iTunes and iHeartRadio as well. So please feel free to hop over there and uh, give us a review because that all helps. Um, on today's show, we've got Tony Daunt. It was fantastic having him in the studio. He's got a new album coming out later on this year. Uh, we've also got the Vintage Trivia. Yes, and we're also going to call our roving reporter Winky and yes. she, see what she's up to today. Okay, so we're going to kick off with an exclusive. This is the title track off of uh, Tony's new album. It's called Unlovable Man. I'm sitting here alone Gone and lost everything I've known It was not my plan to be a lovely man Myself in the back of your car Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she come and oh well she stay So, vintage trivia time. What's this week's question, Dee Dee? Okay. What was Elvis's first single? First single? Elvis Presley's first ever single. Now, I, I think I know what his first number one was, but I'm not sure what his first single was. Okay. We'll give you the answer later on in the show. I give you my word that I will restore your face. Restore all your beauty. You will cringe as the demented doctor experiments with a girl's trusting innocence. You will flame for the stark ritual of a beautiful girl's last searing dance. As tragedy forever mars her loveliness. Leaving her to face a world of terror. Just in time for Halloween in 1960. It's Atom Age Vampire. Spoiler alert, there are no vampires in this film. Yeah, yeah. This is an Italian movie about French people who only speak English. The story follows a Jane Mansfield look-alike stripper who loses her beauty in a horrific accident and seeks help from a secretive mad scientist to restore her. The treatment works but at a terrible cost. There's no one who can help me now. No one. Let me go away, please. <laughs> There's no doubt of it. Yes. She's disfigured forever. As if by a cancer that's beyond control, like leprosy. Well, which is it? Cancer or leprosy? No. It's tuberculosis hemorrhoids. Every drop of Derma 28 represents months of work and anxiety. And when the day comes when we can prepare it as rapidly as we do Derma 25... Give me your arm. Despite a totally nonsensical script and some truly awful acting, this film is still worth watching, even if just for the outfits, including uh, the leopard fur coat of my dreams. The musical score is quite good. And there is an impressive performance by an uncredited exotic dancer about a third of the way in. Three out of five from me. It's a uh, middle of the road terrible. So our guest today is the uh, inimitable Tony Daunt. G'day, Thanks for coming Duncan. in, Tony. Um, G'day. Let's, let's start off by... Uh, Asking you, how, how did you first get into music? What, what made you want to be a musician? Well, I guess originally it wasn't my plan. So I was a, a fearful little boy and I wasn't any good at sport. I didn't like it at all. Right. So I guess in the way I grew up, we had to do something. And so I was told I had to play an instrument. So that started out with me getting a guitar, uh, piano lesson. And um, my first piano lesson, they worked out I only had 
nine fingers, you see. <laughs> and the tenth one was bent over like a hook. And not only was the piano teacher a little bit um, awestruck by the whole thing, she sent me home. So okay. she went, no, there's no way you could play piano with nine fingers, so that's it, you have to go home. So I decided I had to pick another instrument, so I went to mum and said, I'd like to play trumpet. I really like the idea of playing trumpet. So mum said, well, Tony, I'm really sorry, but there's a slider on the trumpet that you need to use your little finger in. And because you don't have your little finger, you're not going to be able to play trumpet. So I went, okay. So then they came home with a little classical guitar. Third time lucky. Third time lucky. So I played around with that and ended up learning how to play guitar. Anyway, the funny thing about that story is some years later I ran into a trumpet player. And I said, yeah, no, I always wanted to play trumpet, but I couldn't because my finger. And he turned around to me and he goes, oh, it's the wrong finger, it's on the other hand. <laughs> so I went, okay, so I went back and saw my mum. <coughs> And said, Mum, funny thing, I ran into this trumpet player and I actually asked about it and he said, you know, it's on the other hand. She goes, yeah, I knew that. I didn't want to hear you practice. <laughs> oh, class. <laughs> you imagine if you'd have been a trumpet player. Things well, could have turned out very different. Things would have been very different, yeah, exactly. Tony Dalton and the Philharmonic. <laughs> yeah, so, um, <laughs> but then at high school, um, I ran into, you know, all the usual... Um, I guess we all ended up little punk rockers because, you know, it was the late 70s, early 80s. And um, knocked around with a few guys at school and yeah. got a bass guitar and we started up a school band and that went absolutely nowhere. But anyway, just continued on from there. Anyway, funnily enough, Swampland's new guitar player is the 14-year-old, was the 14-year-old that I used to play around with at no. school. So, yeah, it's funny how things go around in a full cycle. That's fantastic. Yeah. And did you keep in touch all that time or did no. you just kind of reconnect? Facebook. Facebook yeah. is an oh, amazing yeah. thing. There, there is a good side to Facebook. <laughs> and that is, you know, the amount of old friends that you end up in contact with. Sure. So, yeah, also, so that's Rick Fisk. And I also ran into another friend who's um, uh, Nick Ripton. And yeah, so I get to hang out with my old classmates. That's fantastic. So, what, yeah. so what's the lineup of Swampland at the moment? So, Swampland is Rick Fisk. He's um, the new guitar player. Yep. Jamie Vodanovich is the bass player, and he was the existing bass player. Um, and then we've got Sean Rundle, who's a new drummer, who's, who's come on board. And he pretty much came with Rick, so those guys have worked together before. Cool. And uh, who's left? Oh, that'll be me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm still there. Great. Now, um, you've got the Swampland Project, and you've got the Tony Dalton, the Dauntless Project. Yeah. Do you kind of alternate between the two or do you try and run the two things in parallel as much as possible? Oh no, they're, they're separate. They're separate but they're the same. So but do you have to kind of put one on the back boiler while you're working on the other one or are you gigging with both or how, how, do, you, how do you make it work? No, I think one thing we've got in common is I've got a hundred things going on in my head <laughs> right now and um, yeah, I just keep them all going. Great. And uh, you know, Monday nights TD and TD and Thursday nights Swampland and um, yeah, I put on a different guitar for each each band, and it's a different persona for each band, I guess. So when you say it's a different persona, do you, uh, are you um, creatively are you getting different things from the two projects, or is it oh yeah, completely, completely. So if you can imagine, if it was therapy for me, if you <laughs> could imagine that Swampland um, 
deals with my anger issues, right? <laughs> and and then um, and TD and TD deals with my sadness. Okay. If you can imagine. Yeah. That. No. I, no. No. Right. That that kind of makes sense. No. That, that's that's yeah. That's cool. So, um, uh, Swampland, from what I understand from talking to you earlier. It's been really a singles band as far as releases are concerned. You've released four, four or five singles, and yeah, yeah. so that, that's far. So we did one single. Um, the plan there was to do a single and a video. So every single um, was a video release. So we did four of those, in the t- and um, up until this point, and then we went on hiatus because Thomas Landon Lane um, went overseas for a short period of time. He's been right. there for about two years, and he hasn't come back. <laughs> So, you know, I had to face the realisation that he wasn't going to come back. And so then we reformed with um, different people. And um, now we're looking at doing an album. But it's really, for me, it's really important to also get those video releases out there to make it accessible to people on YouTube. Sure. Now, do you make all your own videos or have you got a team you work with or...? Um, Well, in Swampland, Paul Taylor did all four videos. Okay, and it was that they're amazing videos, and if you understand that it's just Paul and a camera, and um, his yeah the, the way he operates just amazing. Yeah, no, I've said they're, they're, they're really cool. They are good. Yeah, yeah no, he's brilliant. Um, now the uh, the the, um, the new album, the Tony Daunt one. Yeah. That's the unlovable not, man. The unlovable man. That can't be about you. <laughs> oh well, well, definitely at times. There's definitely <laughs> times that I pondered, why am I the unlovable man? Why me? Why me? <laughs> so uh, you not you, you said earlier you, you don't have a re, uh, release date for that, but is that going to be early next year kind of thing? Are you thinking or? Yeah, I really, I really don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be early next year. Right. Um, it just depends what the. Um, the record company and uh, um, the publicists cook together because that's that's so what, labels, compl- what labels are they? Triple uh, A Records. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's with uh, Matt Smith. Yep. And recorded at Red Zeds. Plug, plug, plug. And um, <coughs> I said Red Zeds. That's a funny story. It's actually Red, Red Room recorded. Red Room, yeah, right. yeah. No, Red Zeds was a place in Brisbane. I used to record it. <laughs> so um, the new the new album. How does that differ from uh, previous? Tony Dawn albums? Well, the first album was definitely a labour of love. It was something that was put together over songs that I'd written over a 20-year period. They were songs that um, I always had a passion for, but I could never get them to fit properly in in the projects that I, I was in. And they just kept pulling at me and pulling at me and pulling at me. Whereas this album is all fresh material, and I guess steering away from, I think it's more honest. This one's more honest. The other one had a lot of, um, I guess you could identify a lot of influences that I'd had over the years in, in some of those songs on the first album, whereas this is definitely me now. Okay. Yeah, so we could. So, and people that know your, know your work will be able to see a progression, if you like. Oh, definitely. Sure. Definitely. Oh, interesting. So we're we're going to play um, a couple of songs on the show. So I think what we we'll do now is we'll go into a we'll go into a track off the new album, if you don't mind. Um, what's this song? What can you tell us about it? Well, this song's called Rock and Roll, and I guess the best way to describe this would be looking back at being a musician for all these years, 
and just seeing where it where it could have gone and where it didn't go, <laughs> um, and where I am now. How's that? Great stuff. Okay, this is rock and roll. <laughs> I'd said so low I was gonna take the high road But I got myself some go slow Then I would lean on, lean on, lean on the bottle hard For the right start, right break, right time. When I got a good sound, wait around to get found. Then I would lean on, lean on, lean on the bottle hard. Can run. 
rock and roll So, um, what kind of stuff did you listen to growing up? What, what um, kind of shaped the way you hear and, and think about music? Well, some of the most important bands for me would be Toy Love, for instance. Um, we actually do a cover of a Toy Love song okay. on, this, on this album, Pull Down the Shades. Um, it's definitely going to sound a little different to how you remember it. And um, actually, that was kind of cool because I had to... Um, I had to get permission to play the song, and it's kind oh, of. Oh really? You was, couldn't just do a you couldn't just do a cover and, and credit the writers. I well, I was led to believe that it, getting permission was a better a better way of going about things, sure. and that was kind of really cool. Um, getting in contact with my childhood idols and asking if I could cover their <laughs> song, and um, and them saying, "Yeah, we can't wait to hear sure. it." So Great that cover. yeah, that was good. Um, you know, especially in the eighties, it was all. You know, The Clash and The Damned and um, The Jam. Actually, I think I was listening to The Jam. I think The Jam were playing when I walked in here yeah, this afternoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so th that's, that's kind of what I grew up with. And then I moved over to Australia and things changed a little bit. People, um, the, the punk scene over there was different. So there was like the Gun Club was an influence. Um, Tex Perkins had a band back then called Tex Deadly and the Dum Dums. Yep. Yeah. And... Um, I guess there was a kind of like this country. Um, it was it was pre what we call psychobilly now. Yeah, like country punk. Kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, the meteors were around, I guess. But yeah. um, but yeah, it was like country punk, punk, and I kind of yeah, that 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 was that was kind of huge for me. But it's really funny because I, I get labelled with a lot of stuff, so people will come and say that you know I'm heavily influenced by say Nick Cave or um, uh, Johnny Cash mm. but actually my influences are a lot more closer to home than that yeah. so I'm probably more influenced honestly by Bernie Griffin Dave Kahn Tammy Nielsen real people that I've met and seen yeah. who whose careers and attitudes have shaped Sure. What I'm doing oh, no, today. That, I mean, that, that's that's a fair point. I, mean, I I think you see that quite a lot when you talk to people about uh, you know, other musicians about their influences. That um, I mean, obviously, Nick Cave is something that springs to mind, especially when you see you guys live. Yeah. There's definitely a flavour of that there, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a huge Nick Cave fan, and that's what made you want to sound <coughs> like that. You know, exactly. So, and that's something that would have come across before. So no, that's just mm. a fair. It's a fair point. So, uh, talking about the fact that your, um, you know, the original Tony Daunt songs kind of came out of your early songwriting kind of endeavours, and then as you've moved forwards, now it's becoming more about um, what's coming out of you and kind of your sound and your your kind of transmission of ideas. What do you think further down the line? I know it's a difficult question, but what where do you think it's going to go in the next couple of years? I think. I think the main thing is some of the songs I wrote earlier I was trying to fit into formats, you know. Right, yeah. Trying to... Write a country song or write a punk song yeah, exactly. or write a grungy song. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And now that's... 
of little interest to me to try to fit into those formats because, you know, I've come to understand that the instruments around me will give me give it that flavour, you know. So if you've got Americana instruments, you don't necessarily have to play in a in a strict country style to have yeah, a country's absolutely. have a country's sound, yeah. you know. So I think being able to let go of those parameters gives you the freedom to explore lots of stuff. Sure. So let's listen to another song off the uh, new album, which I, I guess we're almost getting an exclusive on this because this will be bef- this will go out before it's released. Am I right in saying that? That's correct. Yeah, fantastic, exclusive, Hetty. Yes. <laughs> so what's uh, what, tell us a bit about the next song? Well, this one's called Methadone Days, <laughs> and it's a little trip down memory lane, just remembering when um, the Methadone program was a, a, a popular pastime for a lot of people I knew. Right, okay. Let's run it. There goes Mary, and everyone can tell that she lived too long, my dear. That same story that she likes to tell about Sydney in the 80s. I never knew her way back then, though she likes to pretend that we were much more than friends in her methadone days. At her methadone There goes Jimmy, they call him the Greek He's been locked up one too many times For a crime of which we never speak But it's nothing too peculiar Oh they say he once was feared Now he's all tattooed and weird And he skips round without care in his methadone days In his methadone haze In his methadone days In his methadone haze I'm out on the street again I'm on the corner at half past ten I've been lost in what was now and then He's on my methadone days And my methadone haze And my methadone days And my methadone haze Methadone days, I'll see you there I feel you there I see you there Don't take me away These are my methods down the day Great 
Great stuff. Fantastic. Okay, so Tony has kindly agreed to uh, give us a, a competition prize. So for a, a copy of Unlovable Man, the new album, which doesn't have a release date yet, but will be sometime early next year, we suspect, this is your question. So once you've uh, worked out what the answer is, flick a message up on Facebook and uh, we will draw the winner at random. So give us a question, Tony. Hmm. What did I stop doing on the 28th of October, 2008? So 10 years ago, pretty much to the day. That's it. What did you stop doing 10 years ago? (laughs) That could be a lot of things. I guess you're thinking that people that know you well will know the answer, right? Exactly. Okay, so what did Tony stop doing 10 years ago? Answers on a postcard? No, no, not postcard. Um, answers on Facebook, and we will draw a winner at random. Okay, Tony, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Um, depending on how our uh, release schedule goes, you could be our very first guest. So That's awesome. We, we, we really appreciate you coming and really appreciate you supporting the podcast. Hope the new album does fantastically well for you. Um, anything else you want to say to the the wide world out there before we uh, before we wrap up? Keep listening. <laughs> Thanks again, Tony. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. No, thank you. Where's Winky? Oh my gosh, Duncan! I'm out in the middle of the harbour catching fish. The where? I'm in the middle of the harbour. I'm in Coromandel, and boy, I tell you what. The sun is blazing and we are catching the fish today. I'm telling you, we're going to have a massive dinner. Fantastic. So uh, just yourself or um, family? or? We're, well, actually, I'm with the Tiamutu Hot Rod Club. So we've decided to get away, go fishing, drink bourbon and look absolutely fabulous while we're doing it. So hang on, you're telling me you're on a boat fishing surrounded by bait and kind of general stinky fishing things and you're dressed in pin-up? I know, right? Nobody would ever believe me. <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> Describe the outfit. This I've got to hear. Right, so today I'm wearing, by Laura Jean, Lady Fairy Tale. That's right, I'm all in pink, wearing carousel horses, and I am looking absolutely <laughs> amazing. Oh, that, that, that's just genius. Um, so what have you caught so far today? Right, okay, we've got two carwais up and I've got a snapper on my line right now. Okay, so you're casually just catching a snapper while you're doing this. I'm casually catching snapper, but I tell you that rod is between my legs and I'm hanging on for dear life. Boy, (laughs) has she got some bite. (laughs) (coughs) Okay, look, um, I'll I'll keep it short then. Oh, shit, she's really getting a good sway on now. (laughs) I'll, look, we'll do we'll do your your winky question, and then I'll let you get back to it. Okay, very quickly. okay, okay. So, oh, okay. I'm hanging on. Right. So, um, if you had to hide a rhinoceros in your house, where would you keep it? Oh, definitely under my mother's seat. Under your mother's seat. Yeah. Does she have a seat that's like four meters high then, or something? Oh, she has a very big puffy seat. But the problem is. My mother, when she's watching all those reruns of Coronation Street in Nemedale, boy, she's tucking into those biscuits. <laughs> so you're worried about the, 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 the rhino getting squashed or the rhino only being able to live off breadcrumbs and biscuit crumbs? 
I'm, a, I'm actually a little bit worried about the rhino eating my mother's biscuits and then having to deal with a very unhappy mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the most surreal five minutes of my entire life. Thank you, Winky. Well, <laughs> Enjoy your fishing. See you later. See you later. Bye. And now the answer to our vintage trivia question. What was Elvis's first single? And it was, of course, That's All Right, Mama. Ah, yes. Now, a couple of interesting things about this. Uh, this it was originally a blues song, a real slow kind of um, swaying blues song written by a guy called Arthur Crudup. Elvis's version was recorded July the 5th, 1954, and it was basically in the shop 12 days later. Which wow. Is, it, I mean, <laughs> by today's standard, that's, that's mind-blowing. Uh, Blue Moon of Kentucky, the old traditional song was on the B-side. Um... Rolling Stone lists it as um, number 113 in the 500 greatest songs of all time, which is pretty cool. Um, the, the guy that wrote it, Arthur Crudup, was credited as the composer on the label and given full recognition, but even as late as the, the mid-1970s, he was still fighting to get a single cent in royalties. It just shows, oh. yeah, back in those days, no contracts and, whoa. Yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were a few things like that around Elvis, unfortunately. Yeah, I, and I, from, you know, what you read about the history, it wasn't so much Elvis, but his, uh, his management and representation yeah. that caused the, the problems. The old colonel wasn't the, uh, the straightest shooter, was he? Um... The recording session is remarkable. Um, Presley, Scotty Moore, the guitarist, and Bill Black, the double bass player, were they'd had the morning trying to record a couple of ballads, and by all accounts, it wasn't really kind of happening that much. And in a break, kind of you know, sandwich break, uh, Presley was larking around and stood on a chair and started singing a, a kind of a 200 mile an hour fast version of That's All Right Mama, which was quite a well-known song at the time. And um, Sam Phillips, the owner of, of uh, Sun Records, stuck his head round the door and, and kind of wondered what was going on and, you know, while there was all the malarkey and bejapery going mm. on. And um, he said, I like that. Play it through a couple more times. So they, they basically ran it two or three times. And then he said, OK, we'll record it. Now... The version that's on the single was the third time they'd ever played it together. It was one take around one microphone. Now, just let that sink in. And that's real talent right there. Oh, and that's just... No overdubs, no auto-tune. No, no, no uh, ProLogic software, no uh, layered-up stuff. I mean, that's exactly what happened in the room at that time. One microphone. Magical. It's just, it's just astonishing. Well, I'm afraid it's that time again, time to say goodbye. But don't worry, we've got some great stuff coming up next week. What are we doing, Dee Dee? Well, we are playing at the Very Vintage Day Out. That's this weekend. Is your outfit ready? Uh, mine is, yeah. I'm wearing it. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I've got at least three outfit changes before I even leave the door, so... Um, <laughs> 
Uh, it's going to be, I mean, it should be a fantastic weekend. Um, I'm especially looking forward to doing the tiki party on the Saturday yes. night. That's going to be a scream. So if you see us, come and say hi. Now, we, we will. We don't bite. No, we will. Well, well. Yeah. We, we will have our microphone with us and we'll be doing the roving reporter bit. Hopefully, we will put out a very vintage day out special shortly after the event. See you there. Bye. See ya. Retro Bomb.